Hi, hello, welcome to our podcast, Queerful Fears. I am your horror enthusiast, Sydney, a bisexual they-them femme. And I am your scaredy cat, Elsie, a queer trans woman. Today's episode is going to be a hollow horror queer queertacular. Spoilers ahead. For that, <laughs> I don't. Hold know. on, can I can I Why try and say you it? Said that. Holly Horror Day Queertacular. Did I write it down? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even reading it. <laughs> I don't know where I put it. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just skipped down to say it because I figured that made more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't a usual episode because we're just going to be talking about movies that we've watched over about the last month and a half and uh, horror or queer content that we're excited to watch in the near future as long as news that is a little more long term instead of just one singular movie. So we're calling it a holiday special because of it coming out on the 26th of December. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Not too bad, considering. Good. good. Yeah. Uh, I got Considering a... what? Oh, well, we had a party yesterday, so I thought I'd just have, like, an emotional... Uh, a massive emotional, like, down the next day. But I had a fun time at the party, and today's not too bad. Maybe I was just really sad at work like I normally am, so I'm not noticing. So you thought what happened to me would happen to you? Yes. Yeah. I'm sad, tired, sick to my stomach. Not from a hangover. I just ate a lot of junk food today because I was sad. I was only emotionally hungover, uh, as far as I could tell. But, you know, life's hard. Yes. I got, I just hit the wall, you know? So, yeah, we hosted a holiday party yesterday, and... I don't know about y'all, but I find that the most fun I have is when I'm planning the party and prepping for the party. The party itself should be fun. Sometimes they are, but I think I'm just like finally done doing everything I've been doing. And then it's just kind of like, oh, okay, now people are here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I I like doing dumb Pinterest bullshit, even though it's like, I don't know, stupid so it's not stupid it's cute it's whatever it's, it's stupid cute though. it's basic white bitch bullshit and i don't know but i tried out some techniques on some cookies <laughs> um i got a piping bag for the first time a reusable one so i'm learning the joys of that so i, I tried out a thing i saw for decorating my tree cookies and they look really cute they do. I think my mom's really going to appreciate them, so mm. I'm looking forward to that maybe making me feel better about it. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I put in a lot of effort and work, and like usually that's fine, but this time I just, I don't know, not as many people showed up, and I was just left over with a lot of food, and it left me feeling like no one wanted what I made, and I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense to anyone else. It doesn't even fully make sense to me why I was let down this one random time by no one but myself. I don't really know. I mean, it makes sense that you feel bad. You were stressing and thinking about this party for a long time, so you built it up a long time in your head. No, no, no. But I do that with other parties, and it's not always this way. 
I know. Is what I'm saying. Like, the Halloween one was fine. Even though other people were like, the vibe was weird then. And I was like, I don't know. I was just glad there was a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of fun at the holiday party. Good. I think you did a good job hosting it. Thanks. I mean, I it was fine. People are just, like, old and tired now. I don't know. Yeah. The Halloween one went a little... I just... The people who are more casual and aren't as, like, scheduled weren't there. And I think that made me feel bad. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. So, whatever. But that's what we were up to and prepping throughout the week. We also went to Chris Kindlemart in our area and saw the lights, did a little shopping. It was very overwhelming because it was very crowded. <laughs> so that was also obviously draining and i saw a friend earlier in the week and then we were supposed to go to tinseltown on thursday but then it snowed and i barely worked and i didn't work out this week because i felt like there was so much to do and so i think it's also the combination of feeling like i am a useless pile of shit who didn't accomplish anything even though I did. I love you. Thank you. But it's just like not giving enough without mm -hmm. making the decision to rest either is a struggle of a vibe. Yeah. Personally. But, you know, that's just me. I'm doing my best, I guess. Okay. Thanks. You're good, though? Yeah, I'm good. How was your week? It was mostly fine. I was just going to say, I was excited to see the one person who I haven't seen in a while because she had COVID for the past three weeks. And then before that, she missed the two or three previous meetings where I would see her. So it was nice to actually finally see her again. Cool. Yeah. And then it was also nice seeing Rachel and Mike, but I didn't really talk to them that much. But they were funny. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like the party split into two areas, too, yeah. which was more noticeable to me with this party than it was at the Halloween one, because there were several groups at the Halloween one, which I personally think is how a party should function, mm -hmm. and then some people flutter around from group to group, but when it's, like, just divided in half, that's weird, especially when no one, like, there isn't a lot of effort to, like, switch it up. Like, you and I kind of make our way around, but... Mm -hmm. Which just puts more pressure on us, I feel like. Yeah. And then I try to, you know, it was a white elephant party, so then it's like, okay, everyone come together and do the thing. But then it was still, like, difficult. Well, I mean, when everyone was together, I felt like everybody was laughing and having a good time, though. Like, when, I, when it was white elephant, like, I felt like the group was interacting as a whole pretty well together. Anyway. How do you feel about the holidays? Oh, I thought you meant, like, we were doing impressions, like, this is my Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Um, how I feel about the holidays is... Good God. Um, is that your Willem Dafoe? If I say no, will you believe me? I hope it's not. It's not. Sure. It is. Um, my feelings about the holidays are mixed. Um, I specifically don't like how Christmas-centered it is, even though I grew up celebrating Christmas and still celebrate it myself. It just, I don't know, it gets fucking annoying that I realize that's all people fucking talk or care about when literally uh, I was at work and somebody came in and asked, oh, where's the Hanukkah stuff? And I was like, it's on this one end cap in this one section. And she was like, 
the entire store's Christmas. Do you have more than that end cap for Hanukkah? And I was like, I'm sorry, we don't. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, everything really is Christmas, huh? It just kind of gets shoved in, shoved in people's faces, which I understand to promote joy and cheer and fear of the queer. It's not. It's absolutely not to promote joy and cheer. I, I highly disagree. Okay, it's to promote capitalism. Yeah, especially walking into a fucking Target. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think that you'd cater to the people coming in and asking for these things then, though, a little bit more. But yeah, no, it's literally just one fucking end cap. Mm-hmm. And it has been for a while. And it's ridiculous. There might be like, oh, a mug mixed in with the holiday mugs. Mm-hmm. That's Hanukkah. Or then, you know, I don't, is there anything in the back seasonal area? No. Like, I don't know. You can maybe find blue and white candy canes, but I don't think they'll be promoted. That's not the word, though. They're not being advertised as for Hanukkah, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you have to fucking make do. There's probably maybe some stuff in like market. Just because that's where food is anyway. Yeah. But I know like the coins are on that end cap. Yeah. Yeah. The chocolate coins. But like, it's crazy because like plenty of people don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And it's so ingrained into most people. I think it's wild. Yeah. It's like you don't even celebrate Christmas and you feel pressured to have like a tree anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that because I don't know enough, but f- fucking stupid. Yes. Other than that, um, I have a good relationship with my family for the most part, so I do enjoy seeing them on the holidays. And, you know, it is pretty with all the Christmas lights and whatnot. Yeah. I, there is, there is a warmth I feel in my heart anytime I'm in a dark room with a Christmas tree lit up. It makes me feel comfortable and it makes me feel safe in a way that a lot of things don't. Uh, yeah, I have mixed feelings about the holidays, specifically Christmas, because that is also what I grew up celebrating. And, like, I didn't grow up in a religious household, so just, like, by default, <laughs> we celebrated Christmas. But, I don't know, it's complicated because, like, it used to be really joyful and fun as, like, a kid. And then as I got older, all the joy got sucked out, especially as I became an individual who had to live on my own while also working retail. Anyone who's been there probably gets it. It just ruins it completely. And then now, over the last few years, I haven't had to work retail, so it's been better, but... I still just like, I often wake up on Christmas day with a ball of anxiety in my chest. So it's like sometimes one of the most difficult days for me in the year because it feels like a lot of pressure and expectation and like weird vibes and I don't know. So um, for anyone who loves Christmas, that's great, but it's really, really not my holiday. (laughs) I like that it's celebrated for a while, I guess, because it gives you enough time to participate in the things that maybe you do enjoy. Um, just like how I also like to celebrate Halloween for two months because I only think it's fair. And it's a way superior holiday in all of the things that it encompasses <laughs> that align with my interests. So, I don't know. I've also this year embraced the horror Halloween and the creepy side of Halloween, obviously, with, like, the podcast and stuff, 
with watching Krampus and Gremlins. And, like, of course, I said I, I did grow up with Gremlins, though. So, like, revisiting that also just felt good, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, there's a lot of things that are associated with Christmas that I don't like. Like, I think most of the decorations are ugly. I don't like the movie Elf. I think a lot of Christmas movies are not at all good. And, like, movies are the thing that I enjoy in the world. So if it if your holiday doesn't have, like, good content, like, what the fuck do I care? And you have, like, people championing, championing the genre who suck. And I'm just not here for it. I'm not interested. Mm. I like decorating, I like baking, so, like, obviously that's good, but, like, like I said, like, I think a lot of Christmas decorations are ugly, so I, like, am pretty strict about sticking to, like, a red and white aesthetic with some greens thrown in, but in, like, an earthy way, because, ugh, I, <laughs> anything more than that, I'm like, this is a lot, and it's not even cute for me, personally, but I don't know. Exchanging gifts is nice, but that's part of the thing. Like, it's a lot of fucking money at the holidays, and it's a lot of pressure and hype. And even when I was younger, I remember, like, once it was all done, like, so much time was spent building up to one day that once it was over, I would always feel a little bit disappointed. Even if I got, like, all the things I wanted and, like, whatever, like, it's just a lot of pressure on one day for Christmas. Um, alright. So, I'm gonna have to find a way to phrase this correctly. I was reading a book today where a lot of it was based around somebody who knew a lot of classic literature stuff. And she was talking about this one author, Birds, Bards, something like that. That's the thing. He's probably popular among literature nerds. I don't know. But his main thing was people don't want the feeling of happiness or love. People want the feeling of wanting happiness or love. So the buildup is a lot more important to some people than it is to actually get it. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Like I said, like the build up to a party or whatever, like planning is more fun. Like me figuring out what I'm going to give as gifts and then curating it is so much more fun. I'm like, obviously giving it to the person is really exciting, but it's like two moments and then it's over. And so, yeah, we're like, I love Halloween because yes, there is a day that is Halloween, but it is not built up to anywhere near the same way. No, a lot of people literally just don't do anything on actual halloween yeah it's yeah. just a day you and choose to celebrate it when you celebrate it really yeah and it's not like lonely or a letdown or like anything like that like if you don't do enough on christmas you end up feeling isolated and sad because of this expectation that's societally there yeah yeah at least as people who celebrate christmas so i don't know so With that, like, I think traditions are good for things that you like, which is why, like, we do a sibling night. Yeah. We try to, where it's just siblings, and we invite them here. And it's not as much pressure, because it's just those family members Mm -hmm. for, like, a few hours with maybe some games and catching up and doing a small gift exchange. Mm -hmm. Do you like the sibling night? I do. Yeah. It's cozy. It. I don't know. It reminds me of living at home for a little bit. I guess so. Yeah, I think traditions are important, especially not on the exact day, because it can help. I mean, it can help, like, create different moments of, like, good vibes. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have a lot of tradition to hold on to from my childhood, I don't think. Like, I feel like a lot of that got lost once we were 20. Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, I don't know. What kind of traditions do you like for the holidays? I think white elephant's a fun tradition. Yeah, we have done that for several years. Yeah. I'm kind of sick of always having to be the one to host everything, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do like doing the white elephant when it's fun. I like putting up the tree. I like the tree being up. Yeah, you don't like putting up the tree. I kind of like selecting where all the ornaments are going to go, though, and and remembering which ornaments I have, because they're really special, some of them. So, I, I just, I remember that always being a ritual mm. in my youth of, like, the day after Thanksgiving is the day to put up the tree. Yeah. Job schedules don't exactly work that way anymore, but... Yeah, there's we this thing do called, our best. There's this thing called Black Friday now, the day after Thanksgiving. Well, it was when I was young too, but no one in my family had to worry about it. Yeah, I went to a concert the day of, the night after Thanksgiving once. They were like putting up the tree, and then I was like, mm, "Nice, I'm gonna go now." I'm gonna go see Never Shout Never. I mean, maybe, <laughs> probably, or it was like some local band. I don't know. Yeah. I also, like, I will always have memories of the full day of baking cookies that always happened. You didn't have that? Nope. No, it was, like, my mom, my Mimi, me, and it was, we have these cookies that get made every year, and it's cookie-making day, and the whole table's full of the cooling racks with um, old towels laid down underneath so that it's easy to clean up the crumbs after, and you're just baking for like a large portion of the day Mm -hmm. and then your christmas cookies are ready and then we had big buckets that all the cookies would go into and then you'd eat them throughout the next like two weeks buckets of cookies yeah and then those are the ones you know you put them out for santa i'm santa did i did i tell you you're not no i killed tim allen (sighs) okay so i'm santa now when i was little we also always had a christmas eve party we went to that's fun did you have that nope I thought that was normal because that's how I grew up. I think it is. My family just wasn't very social. My mom would go to, my mom would go to Christmas Eve parties, but they'd be AA Christmas Eve Uh, Eve parties. Yeah. So so I'd still go, but I'd just be surrounded by a bunch of old addicts in recovery and a bunch of cigarette smoke. Hmm. Uh, no. I'd go to someone's house (laughs) nearby who was like extended they were like best friends with my Mimi and Pop-Pop. Mm. And then it was like their family. And then we'd also be invited along with my Mimi and Pop-Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd eat a lot of bologna slices. Oh my god, I'd fuck up a bologna slice right now. And they had a bar in the basement. I, yo, if I could just have like a thing of ring bologna and some mustard, I'd probably start crying. They, should, they need to make vegan ring bologna. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. And then after they stopped hosting that because they got a little old and we're like, we don't have that in us anymore. And like our kids are old enough that they can fucking host it. <laughs> they We stopped going and then we started to go to family friends instead for a few years. And then I started going to ones with like my significant others or whatever. Like things just change. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish we had, like, a solid, this is where you go on Christmas Eve. This yeah. is where you go on Christmas Day. Like, or in the, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to have that structure. It's just hard to maintain as people get older and change and yeah. have kids and shit. So, I don't know. 
you have anything else to say about the holidays? Happy Honda days. Happy Honda. Merry Chrysler. And uh, for us, today is the 18th, so happy Hanukkah. And when this comes out, it's the 26th, so I hope that you had a nice Christmas. And um, I guess, happy new year then. Yeah, well, I think, no, yeah, I guess. Well, technically, I think if we release one, it'll be the second. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. See you then. It's hard for me. The seasonal depression also sets in. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like the magic just isn't there. (laughs) So I don't know what to do with that. I remember my year after working in retail and like seeing Christmas trees at the store gave me a small panic attack. Mm. Because that's what that's what it does. Yeah. Greed really ruins everyone's lives constantly that sounded like you were reading some acronym off greed really ruins everyone's lives grelk yep you heard it here grelk so i don't know i I could also go on about that because it makes me really really mad when i think about it too much so (laughs) with um you know if you want to be kind to people who work during the holidays, especially like service and retail workers, you could um, stop fucking shopping for shit you don't need. You could stay the fuck home. Yeah. I'd stand there the week leading up to Christmas just miserable because so many fucking people were there. And then they'd come up with all this shit that they did not need. No one needed it. It was trash. It was shit that was going to break in a week from the fucking bullseye playground area. Like, I swear to God, you don't need it. Yeah. You don't have, you don't need it. (laughs) I promise. Because we just, we just are so tired. (laughs) So maybe just keep that in mind this year, even though you'll hear this after the holidays. So uh, keep it in mind for the rest of the month and next year. Shop. Small businesses. Yeah, shop small businesses. They will, like, actually really appreciate it because they need the money to then put back into their own lives. Because a lot of us are also, like, struggling to pay rent. (laughs) Yes. And uh, afford anything. That being mentioned, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash queerful... We don't have a Patreon. (laughs) You can Venmo my ass, though, or you could just actually, like, like and write and comment and shit and, like, I don't know, share our Instagram because uh, that would be helpful as a, as a gift to us. Some genuine, tangible support would be, would actually really help would me feel baller. really happy. <laughs> that would be a really delightful thing to receive. That'd be very cash money of you guys. It would be very cash money of you. Then I had drinks, but uh, I'm not fucking drinking a goddamn thing right now. Uh, can I have some water, actually? That wasn't a bit. I was just thirsty. Okay. In my mind, we would have, like, leftover cozy holiday drinks during this episode, but if I drink right now, I'll probably spiral even worse than I already have today. I might have some eggnog. Okay. Well, you don't have it right now, though. Yeah. Great. Um, I also picked out some bingo cards because we did that with our last, uh, our Halloween special. Yeah, so we have bingo cards, and we'll check in with those after I go through a couple. I have one for horror movies specifically, which I didn't actually watch too many of. And then I have two, I think I, I have two for like holiday films because that's you know generally what I was watching. I was watching fall, wintry, people are wearing sweaters slash 
it is Christmas types of movies. I am so sorry. Huh. I just farted and it's really stinky. You heard it here. Do not include that in the podcast. I will be including <laughs> no! it. No! I will be including it. So first we watched Love Actually. What do you think of Love Actually? Holy fucking shit. I hate that movie. It's so bad. So if you don't know, Love Actually is a holiday film revolving around the couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. And it basically follows several different storylines of different characters that all very heavily or very vaguely intersect. And even the ways in which they intertwine the stories felt disconnected and weird and stupid. And I just absolutely did not like this film. I know a lot of people love it for some reason that I don't understand. This was both of our first times watching it. And the age gaps, the heteronormativity, the the adultery by people who are not hot enough to be committing adultery. Sorry, Alan Rickman, I love you so much, but what the fuck? And it was just stupid and weird. And that the woman that played, the woman who was his wife deserved better. And Keira Knightley is literally 18 playing that role. I want you to remember that the next time you watch it. So that's what I have to say to you about Love Actually. That's two and a half stars. Honestly, probably should have been less. Yes. So, <laughs> except that rock star guy, even though what he said made me uncomfortable, um, he, he brought it back a little. Yeah. And Mr. Bean. Yes. Causing the the husband to get caught in the end. Yes. <laughs> is good job. Really good. He's Santa. He was he was that was Santa. You know how Santa does things where he dresses up as normal people to help with the Christmas spirit. I don't care. Okay. And also, um, Olivia Olson, who is the voice of Marceline, was in the film and we love that. It's just too bad it wasn't a better movie. See how they run. See how they run is a mystery film it's originally like a play which i had seen and then didn't remember what happened in it so i don't know it was okay yeah it could have been better the vibes of those kinds of movies i do like and think are fun very like um what did they say i saw something that was like a wes anderson-ified clue or something uh, wes anderson of knives, knives out. out yeah and so that was fine. The The fact that it was like, this is going to be another bullshit average mystery. And then it actually like fully was. But then they also like drug Agatha Christie's legacy into it. And then half the cast was people from Harry Potter or Wes Anderson movies. Mm. Um, was something. But it was okay. I mean, I still had fun because that's the kind of movie that I enjoy. So I gave it three and a half stars. What did you think of See How They Run? Um, I mean... I did like it. Probably, I found it enjoyable, but I don't think I'd ever want to rewatch it. No, nothing probably special. Not. Uh, probably my favorite part was Adrian Brody's part right in the beginning. I thought that was funny and interesting. My favorite part was that I realized that the chick who plays Moaning Myrtle, it was like 30 when she played Moaning Myrtle. Oh, yeah. And then how uncomfortable that then made me <laughs> because she's playing Agatha Christie in this movie. Yeah. Then we, well, I I put on Let It Snow while we decorated, decorated the tree. Well, we put up the tree. Because I was like, let me put on some bullshit that I've already seen and that I don't care that much about. It's a fun little Christmas romp. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to watch a Christmas movie, it's something like this. Because at least there's gay characters. Mm-hmm. And they're more relatable than some of these other films. And the cast is, like, decent enough. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
Two, what? I, I was going to say, I will say, the girl should have ended up with her best friend at the end. That was the vibes I was catching. I will say it could have been more gay yes. and less hetero. Um, I do like the plot line with the guy who's a superstar and that other girl. Yes. That one I actually liked best. That like, one feels like a good Christmas fanfic to me. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. And it's at least not some white bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was actually pretty good. And the way he, like, dances around in that one yeah. scene is genuinely cute with, like, her family. So, oh, and then the bitch from The Good Place makes a cameo. Not a girl. Oh, Janet. Janet. Uh, so I also love that. She's, like, playing some cunty manager. So For the gays out there. The bitch from A League of Her Own. So true. Um, She's not a girl in The Good Place, so that's also for the gays. Thank you. That's true. That's true. This film was, is basically just like a, a Christmas movie. It's, it's similar to a lot of them in the ways that it follows several different plot lines of several different characters that then converge in little and big ways. And then this one just culminates with a party that everyone's at at the end, which I do appreciate because that wraps shit up a lot more nicely, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, than everyone being at an airport for some reason. That's, like, very weirdly coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> of all different backgrounds and age groups or whatever. Well, not not fully, because it's, like, all white English people. Yeah. In love, actually. There's a little um, diversity in this one. And I like the lady who drives the snowplow. She is Santa. She's Santa. She is Santa. She's a, she's a, an alien-believing-ass Santa. Santa. Technology fearing Santa. Yeah, this one is at least like overtly queer too. Yes. Then we watched Dark Frost. Uh, I, that not the horror. I'm sorry, not the horror one. This is the I don't know. I think it's from the 90s, and it's the one where the dad is a musician and then he turns into a snowman. Yes. Who's the dad played by again? What's his name? That's the man. I can never remember his name. He is the villain in the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. And then he is also um, Birdman in Birdman. He's also Batman. He's also Batman back in the 90s as well. Yeah. And he's going to be in the Those new... are Tim Burton Batmans? Yes. Yeah. And he was going to be in the new uh, Batgirl movie. But right. you know, HBO we, Max. Yes, we know how you feel I like to bring that. it up once every podcast. Yeah, I know. Just like we somehow bring up Batman in general once every podcast. Michael Keaton. Mike, Mikey Keats. Oh, it's also Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> Which we've talked about as well. So a uh, pretty iconic man. And this is like some silly bullshit. Like the script is a bit... Bad. Yeah. Um, super fucking cheesy, but still sweet and cute. And Michael Keaton is just like, I'm here. Terrible green screen, which honestly, in my opinion, makes a Christmas movie better. We had a good time with those parts. Just yes. laughing at all of the shit that looked completely wrong and out of place. The sledding scene that took That's what up I'm a, talking yeah, about. That took up a third of the movie, pretty much. It just kept going. Yeah. We were like, this looks so bad. And it just keeps going. And I don't understand why. Yeah. Because when he's a more practical effect snowman, that's really cool. I love those parts. They're very cozy to me. But, oh my god, I don't know what was happening there. Oh, and a, and a very, it's not a queer movie, but there's a little bit of a trans moment. There's a, there's a, there's oh, a yeah. gender exploration positive moment where they throw snowballs at the dad as a snowman and then it makes titties. 
And I get why it's supposed to be funny, but if you reframe it, it's quite nice. Because he grabs him and he goes, huh. He goes, not for me, though. And then he tosses them off of his body. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. You you took a moment to consider. Yeah. And and then we moved on. Yeah. Yeah, so we love that. And, uh, I, I mean, you... you the ending could make you a little emotional, especially if you've, like, lost a parent or something. So, I don't know. But it's, if you haven't seen it, silly, cute, Michael Keaton, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You, you check that one out for yourself. Then, of course, we watched Coraline, which we did an entire episode on that was actually horror. And it gives me, she wears a sweater in that. So, it's, like, fall vibes. She gets some mittens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also watched Gremlins, of course, which is a Christmas horror movie. And we did our last episode on that. Well, no, our last episode was Krampus. The episode before. And then we spoke about this already, but we also watched Iron Giant. I forgot to give any ratings. One second. Iron Giant. Sorry. See how they run? Three and a half stars. And Let It Snow would be three stars. And then you know how we felt about the other two when you go watch those episodes. Then, uh, yeah, Iron Giant. I know we spoke about this a little bit on another one. Um, I think it was Gremlins just because of the nostalgia pack factor. And how good it feels. So if you don't know, highly fucking recommend. Iron Giant is basically about, I think it's the 50s. It's set in the 50s, which is very, you know, Sputnik space race. The commies are coming for us type of vibes, you know? Yeah. And this creature who is a robot or an Iron Giant, if you will, ends up showing up in this town and this kid basically befriends him and he's trying to like figure out what to do with him and then he also makes friends with this man who's described as a beatnik who like makes art and owns like a junkyard let me just say going back and watching it after like i had a full high school education and yeah. everything, i saw him and i was like that's what a beatnik is. And then they call him a beatnik. I was like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, me too. I was just like, this man is, yeah. It's like that. I'm so sorry. It's like that scene in Endgame when they go back in time. But they don't really prepare to be in different time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, because why would they prepare for anything properly? And uh, his dad sees him. Oh my God, yeah. Iron Man, and he's like, you some kind of beatnik, because he has a fucking mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I see. We look a little bit scraggly for the 50s, and you're some commie beatnik. Got it. So, yeah. And um, it's it's so good, and it's like that classic animation, so it's beautiful, and I would always highly recommend. It's one of those very beautiful movies. You will cry at the end. If you don't, you have no soul. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. Forever and always. It aged pretty well, too. Yeah. I will say very white movie. Yeah. You know, that is, that is the one thing. And obviously there's... They don't really have anything gay about it. But... Except that Superman. He reads Superman comics. Yeah. They don't really have... Yeah, I mean, Superman's pretty fucking gay. Superman's pretty fucking gay. Shout out to Pink Kryptonite. Sure. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, there's also not really anything straight about it either, though. Very true. Except for when the two get together at the end. Also, Jennifer Aniston voices the mom. Yes. MILF. Yeah. MILF status. Um, then I watched by myself, I think this was one of the first things I watched um, on my watch list, and that was Mulholland Drive. And I didn't know anything about it, except that 
I'm yes. not going to give any spoilers. Okay. Except that when I was looking into movies I wanted to watch, I was like, what gives fall vibes? What gives me that November feel? And this movie came up, which I guess I get because of the color grading and stuff. It does give that, but... The shit was so weird. I don't know. It, like, if you've seen it, me going in, I guess it's better to go in not knowing anything, but I really, like, I had barely ever even heard of it. And um, I would still highly, I want Elsie to watch it and to get her feedback, so I'm not going to go into it. But essentially, the film is about a woman stumbling into the home of this woman's great aunt, I think. And she's just come in to L.A. to go pursue an acting career. And so she's staying there. And so when she gets there, she thinks this woman is her aunt's friend. And she just didn't tell her that they're both staying there. But mm -hmm. then she finds out that this woman, like, has no memory. And so it's about them trying to kind of figure out who she is and what she was probably running from. And then it's like a whole wild ride from there. So really interesting, but also very gay. Is it a horror? No. Okay. It's more of like a drama. Yeah, like a drama mystery... Thriller? I don't know. Okay. Yes, thriller mystery drama is what Letterboxd has as genres. Okay. I gave it four stars. Okay. Because I, I did have a good time. I also... This is the actual first thing I watched. It was Over the Garden Wall. And if you know, you know. Yeah. She goes crazy. So good. She goes crazy. That is... This what? That is fall. That, that is, is autumn. Fall. That is fall. If you need something to watch in October and November and you've seen Over the Garden Wall or you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, watch Over the Garden Wall. That just encapsulates everybody. Yeah, everyone watch Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. Because, uh, so this is not a film. It is a mini series that was released by Cartoon Network. I don't even fucking know what year. And it's basically the length of a film. So... You're basically watching a movie, but the way that the episodes are separated does add something to the effect of the movie. If it was all just put together, sorry, of the show, if it was all just put together as a movie, I don't think it would work quite as well. Yeah. The separation is good. <laughs> like, ev everything about it is A+. plus. Yeah. And I want to do an episode on it one day, so I'm not going to say too much, but it basically follows... Um, two brothers who are lost in a wood and they have to figure out how to get back home and along the way they meet a lot of different people and creatures and they find out early on that they should avoid this being called the beast and then they also make friends with a bluebird who is trying to help them but she's also very sassy and I don't know the music the score the visuals the vibe like the script, it's Elijah Wood voicing the main character. Fucking Tim Curry does a voice in it. The guy who plays Doc Brown in Back to the Future does one of the main voices. Like, it's also an incredible cast. Yeah. So, I don't know what, I don't I don't know. It came out of nowhere and it was just done so incredibly well that it blows everyone away. <laughs> and anyone I talk to who's seen it talks about how great it is. Yes. And, you know, I assume... There's a good chance you're a gay if you're here. So you've probably seen it. But if you haven't, then you know. Because the gays love it. There isn't really anything overtly queer about it. But it resonates with the gays regardless. It's so fucking good. And like I said, I'll dive into that when we do an episode probably next year. Our totally age-appropriate beverages. Our totally age-appropriate beverages. You know. 
Five stars. You love Over the Garden Wall? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> I forgot to, like, ask you. Knives Out. Also watched. Uh, this I watched by myself, but you've seen it. Yeah. And I rewatched it while I was, like, doing some stuff at home the one day because it was on my list. They wear a lot of sweaters in it. It's a lovely time. And I, god damn, I love a mystery movie. This is one of my favorite movies. I do give it five stars. Something about it. It's the way it's constructed. It's the way it unfolds. It's the acting. It's the humor. I don't know what to tell you. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, if it's your type of thing, then you you get it. Yeah. I saw a TikTok where it was this guy who was like, all right, so I've been told recently the sluttiest thing a man can wear is a sweater. So I will be ranking sweaters on their sluttiness, like different designs, of different kinds of sweaters, like cardigan, whatever. And he listed like 10 sweaters. All the comments were, what about Chris Evans' sweater from Knives Out? That's the sluttiest of them all. And you forgot about it. Every single comment was just talking about how slutty his sweater That's was. That's because he really fucked up. He really fumbled the ball with that one if he didn't include it. Because it's so goddamn true. He made a part two just to say that it is the sluttiest <laughs> sweater. <laughs> it is! Knives Out has a fucking wild cast. And then like, I don't know. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's crazy stupid good. For no reason. And I, I just really love the plot of it and the script and everything. I don't know. And I appreciate what it says and does and oh. the clean way it's done. I mean, technically Knives Out is queer. Daniel Craig confirmed that the detective is a gay man for no fucking reason. Nice. He nope. totally is, though. Yeah. He, I did watch an interview because Glass Onion is going to be coming out next week, which is the follow-up to Knives Out. It's a Knives Out sequel, which will have his character in it, of course, but then it'll be kind of how the um, Agatha Christie ones have been, uh, yeah. like Murder on the Orient Express and then Death on the Nile, except it won't have such god-awful casting for the rest of the film. But um, I hope, I think. Uh, Janelle Monae is in this, so I'm excited. Mm. And uh, a couple other people that I'm looking forward to. Is that really pleasant? I don't know. I don't know. I think I confused some of the promotional stuff for White Lotus with <laughs> what I've seen for uh, Glass Onion. Doesn't matter. I saw a description of Aubrey Plaza where it was like, it's like she was an alien sent to our planet to research us, and now like she's not allowed to leave and she hates it, but she has to stay incognito, which I think is accurate. Interesting. Yes. I want to say that I'm excited for Glass Onion. And Daniel Craig, I saw an interview of him talking about playing this character and how it's so fun to get to explore a very different role than he normally does, which I want to say I don't think it's that different, but for him, I can imagine why that would be so different Yeah, <laughs> as like a man's man hetero. When you see him for the first time sit down and start talking in that fucking accent, it throws that's you through so a loop. Funny. It's so funny for him to play an American. I bet that's wild for him. And not, not just an American, an American with a Southern accent. A Southern American who's like... I ain't no country lawyer. <laughs> I love it so much. It's part of the charm of the film. And he, I mean, honestly, that character is fruity. Yeah. The character's fruity in the way that the main character in Grand Budapest is fruity. My, what I do like about that it... That being said, we also watched the menu. But go ahead. What I do like about it a lot is, as compared to the Agatha Christie ones, although Daniel Craig is the detective, he's not the main character. Definitely not with that first one, no. So it's like really cool because it's like, yeah, he does the solving of the mystery, but we follow one of the suspects instead. Yeah. Because that gives us more of the story 
theoretically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wait, if you don't, if you haven't seen Knives Out, it's a murder mystery about a nurse and the old, like, millionaire who owns, like, a publishing company in his own, like, book series who she cares for. And he is murdered. Or he dies. But Daniel Craig's character was anonymously uh, hired to be there along with the police. And... It just kind of goes from there because the family is a bunch of weird, privileged people with a lot of baggage from being the children and family of a rich man hmm. is, is where that is. But I think it's a really fucking good time. And I'm excited for the, the next one. Did I give that five stars? Oh, good for me. Um, and then we did go see the menu. Very good. In the theater. I was very, very fucking excited because... um. Ralph Finney's was in this as, like, the main, one of the main characters. He's the chef in the film. If you saw, what? He made some comments recently. What? That he supports J.K. Rowling. What the fuck? Yeah, just like fucking, uh, what's-his-name's ex-wife did. I don't know who what's-his-name is. Helen Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah. Tim Burton's ex-wife? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I only know this because I saw a tweet that was like, so just to be clear, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are against J.K. Rowling, while Voldemort and Bellatrix Lestrange support her. Interesting. I was going to say, this uh, coincides with who their characters were. Except Hagrid supported her as well. Anyway. That is not surprising to me. No. But he is dead, so. Um, okay, well, I was excited about Ralph Finney's because he's a decent actor, Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was excited to go see this movie because I know he can play a villain very well after seeing him play Voldemort, but also he's a total fucking fruit in Grand Budapest as the main character in that, which I also loved. Uh, this new information uh, is upsetting at this time, well, yet not surprising. Uh, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy did a great job. Anya Taylor-Joy was absolutely delightful, and so was that guy. I mean, his character was not delightful. The cast was, like, pretty cool for this. The cast was great. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty fun. Um, I was excited about this since hearing about it because I was like, oh, this looks like my type of shit. And it was my type of shit. And a lot of people kept trying to assume what it was going to be about. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be about that. And I was right, which I was glad that I was right. (laughs) Did I tell you about the one interview I saw partial parts of? With Anya Taylor-Joy. She was being interviewed about it. And apparently the director originally wanted her character, like, where she gets angry at that one part. Yeah. And the director wanted her to sit there and seethe and, like, glare at him. And she's like, no, not all female rage is quiet. I want to get up and slap him and yell in his face. Yeah. So that's what she did. (laughs) Good. It was very nice when she slapped him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how everyone else felt. I had a really good time watching that movie. I thought it was like, surprisingly really fucking funny. Yes. And I enjoyed the journey that I was on. We enjoyed the menu experience. I did enjoy the menu experience. Um, the ending was... I'm, I mean, I was happy with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still fucking wild. Which has led me to the final point of this podcast, which is instead of using yes, daddy, yes, sir, in the bedroom, you should use yes, chef. Yes, chef. Um, four stars is what I get. Would you agree? I'd have to rewatch it. I really liked it. Yeah, we had a good time with our theater experience of it after me highly anticipating it for myself. Yeah. So that's nice to not have been let down mm. <laughs> until now. We also watched Krampus, of course. Our last episode was about it, you know, so 
another Christmas horror. Then uh, we did watch one Christmas horror that we didn't do an episode on, and that was called Better Watch Out, which was something. I have to rewatch that. Why? I don't know what my opinion of it is. You don't? No, because I went into it expecting something completely different. So, like, I was very thrown off, so it was hard to, like, re-stabilize yeah, sure, my sure, view sure. of it. Which, I mean, like, is, I think, intentional. Two and a half stars. Okay. I gave it right in the middle because of some of those reasons. Better Watch Out is about, like, a babysitter and a kid and then, like, shit goes down. Yeah. Essentially. And it derails from your expectations. And so I didn't know anything about it going in, so it did that effectively for me. But then in the end, it's, like, not satisfying because the weird misogynistic male privilege of it all does not it doesn't pay off nothing bad happens yeah to the character and it's frustrating and it was just like incel incels from a young age was like what people were saying about it and it it was also like randomly really brutal but then you didn't see a lot and it felt it just felt like I kept getting ready for a punch and then it never happened. And I don't know. It was just like really weird and it could have done what it was trying to do a lot better. Yeah. I don't better. think I'd rewatch it though. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But it was at least kind of a Christmas horror, mm. I guess. It was supposed to be. There were carolers in it. Which brings us to our bingo card. Let's review what we've talked about on the bingo cards. Okay. So... We have got one of our holiday bingo cards. So, love interest is rich. Love actually um, let it snow. Is one of them rich? I mean, one of them. I would say let it snow at least counts. I mean, I'd assume the prime minister's rich. I forgot about there being a prime minister. Yeah. Because it was so stupid. Santa intervention. I don't know what that means. Does Krampus count? Krampus (coughs) Krampus intervention? (coughs) Shut up. Santa intervention. Is it a Santa intervention when her dad pretended to be Santa and then broke his neck because he intervened with the chimney? Thank <laughs> oh God. Um, no, Santa intervention is how the plow lady was Santa and intervened to make it a better Christmas time. And Are you like going to count that? I'm going to count Mr. Bean's Santa intervention. <laughs> okay. When I was little, Krampus. Yeah. Good cook, bad cook. I don't think we watched any cooking adjacent. What does good cook, bad cook mean? Listen, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> opens with a Christmas song. Uh, Gremlins does. Well, it doesn't open open because he's in Chinatown and then we get the Christmas song with the credits. Does that count? No. I'm pretty sure Love Actually opens with a Christmas song. Yeah. It definitely does because he's doing his initial recording of a shitty Christmas song at the beginning. Well, it starts off with that narration part where it's like, some people say one of these has to they, start with a Christmas song. But I think there's a Christmas song playing in the background during it. Yeah, exactly. Love interest is old friend. Let it snow. Was there? Yeah. Um, the fucking what's her name from? S- oh, you're right. Sabrina. Kiss in the snow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Love hate Christmas ship. We didn't watch any Hallmark movies, so. Yeah, a lot of the bingo cards were like, this was literally what this is. They were all Hallmark. And I was like, well, these will apply to other Christmas movies. Um, what does that mean? Love, hate, Christmas, ship. Means one of them hates Christmas, one of them loves Christmas. And it's about... Oh. You know. 
Uh, yeah, Gremlins. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I love Christmas. She's like, I don't celebrate because my dad died. <laughs> and I slid, and everyone slid in their wrists. You remind me of blank. I don't know. I didn't pay close enough attention for that. Run after the love interest. I'd say love actually. Yeah. Withholding a secret. Love actually. The Sur- secret is adultery. <laughs> yeah. Surprise pickup. Probably. And let it snow. I don't know. I mean, Santa. Santa Plow Lady. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Free Fluffy Pet Friend, which was in Let It Snow and Gremlins. I was going to say Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, but also that pig. Yeah. Christmas Carolers. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. We got Gremlin that's, Christmas characters. That's Carolers. in most of them, I think. Yeah, definitely. False Date. I don't know that we got that, actually. No, we didn't get any fake dating tropes. Wow. My favorite. <laughs> Roped Together. Like, literally tied with rope. They were tied up with rope and better watch out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with, once again, let it snow when they're stuck in the church. Like, they're stuck there for a while while they're waiting for the car to... Yeah. Get. All right. Damn. Dead parent or parents. Um, duh. Gremlins. Superlative winner. Uh, what does superlative mean? Well, then I guess it didn't happen. I said then I guess it didn't happen because we would know. Husband material job. I think that's just like... Yeah, I get it. Big city lawyer? Probably, right? In Love Actually? Yeah, I mean, the prime minister. Hmm. Is that a job you want your husband to have? No, but I don't want my husband to have a fucking lawyer job either. Hot, snooty, soon-to-be ex. Alan Rickman. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, did we get that? What was the one? Mmm... We weren't even talking about Jack Frost either. Um, I don't know that we got that. Returning home. Uh, I guess they're all in the airport in Love Actually, so I'd say yeah. Yeah, that one dude is coming back from America for that those scenes. That oh my god, need to I exist. forgot all about that plot line. There were so many that didn't need to be there. Christmas obsessed parents. No. Yeah. No. Close contact activity. Yeah. Which one? The the kid and his dad sledding. I assume that... I'm thinking. Okay. Does anyone go ice skating? They, they dance to. and let it snow. Oh, the... Oh, I guess playing ice hockey isn't... <laughs> Makeout session. I mean, at least in let it snow, right? Yeah. Have we gotten a bingo? Yeah, yeah we got Only a bingo. One. We got one bingo down the B-row. Peppy best friend shipper. I don't think so. Um, I think maybe... No. Yay, look at us. Let's do a different one. That's insane that we only missed, what, one, two, three, It's not four, that insane. Five. A lot of Christmas movies are exactly the same. No, we only missed six, but we only got one bingo. Oh, yeah. Then we've got spooky bingo. Abandoned area. Um, that house in Krampus? Yeah. Curiosity killed the cast. Gremlins? And the sister in Krampus. Sure. Youth is wasted on the dumb gremlins yes undead i would say no No. unless you want to count jack frost which wasn't even a horror movie (laughs) karmic death ah gremlins well yes mrs deagle and gremlins and the menu i forgot about that (laughs) this is why i need to group the horrors together we should also think about over the garden wall with this one uh death by sex wait there is undead in over the garden wall the skeletons with the pumpkin heads. 
We don't have to. Okay. Death by sex. I don't I don't think we have that. No, me neither. Absurdly ineffective barricade. Um, well they left the chimney wide open in Krampus. But that wasn't a barricade then. It should have been, considering things can get in a fucking chimney. Mm. Okay. Don't sleep, Krampus. Yes. Walking backwards. Um, we didn't really have anything paranormal. Yeah. Viral. Transform. No. A final girl. I would say we had that in Better Watch Out. Yes. And Coraline. Yeah. Creepy old woman. And the menu. That's a final girl. Oh, yeah. Creepy old woman. Maybe an over the garden wall. Yes. New New house, house, new new problems. problems. Coraline. Coraline. Body Body horror. horror. I was going to say Coraline. Yeah, with the buttons. Yeah. Is it body horror if it's... Yeah, we'll go with it. Sure. Dangerous key fumble. Probably in Better Watch Out, but I can't be sure. Probably in Coraline. Like, plays yes, a big yes. role. <laughs> Torture. Uh, I, I steer clear, generally. Yeah. Dolls and poppets. Krampus. Yes. <laughs> a jump scare, Krampus. Was there a jump scare? At the end. Okay. It was like FNAF style. Mm. Ominous music box. Krampus. Or music box. Oh, yeah. I would count that. Yeah, the Jack in the Box. Creepy basement. Uh, I don't think we got a creepy basement. No. Have we gotten a bingo? We did. We got one bingo so far. Yes. Damsel in distress. Yes. If you're going to call it that. Mask. Yes. Krampus. I think a couple of them. Yeah. Creepy child. I would say that there were creepy children in Coraline. Yes. Also, I don't know. Uh, uh, also, better, better watch, watch out. out. Ankle drag. No. They they might do that in Coraline. Mm. But I'm not entirely sure. So we at least got one bingo. We got two. We got two. Crisscross. Oh, I see. Good for us. Yes. One more. I have one other holiday one, and then I have to shit. Shout out to the Honda Days. Honda Days, Merry Krispies. They say I love you within a week. Probably love actually. Yes. That little child said it to that girl. Yes. Someone has an overbearing parent. I would say that they need more of that. Yeah, I was going to say, Coraline has the opposite of that. Okay, well, this is holiday. This is like Christmas tropes. Okay. But I guess we can apply it to any of them. But I would say that none of them really have any. Yeah. Faking a relationship. We said we don't think we got that at all. Yeah. Giving gifts to kids in need. We should have gotten that. I don't think we did, though. Might have gotten a soup kitchen scene. They did something in Let It Snow, but I can't remember what. Yeah. He talks about how he donates to charities and shit. Yeah. I'm not going to count that. Someone has lost the Christmas spirit. Krampus. Krampus. Someone kisses in the snow. We got that one last time. Yeah. Uh, The town or character has a Christmas name. I don't think we had that. No, I don't think so either. The leads hate each other at the beginning. In Jack Frost, when that kid who bullies him decides to help him in the end. He's not a lead, but I just think that's a really lovely moment. Mm. And they probably grew up to be in love. Probably. Um, someone cries happy tears. Yeah, I'm fucking sure. Someone breaks off an engagement. Oh, I don't think anyone did that. Mm. Snowball fight Jack Frost. 
leads meat in a negative way. Let it snow, I'd say. Free Santa appears. I don't think we saw Santa in any of the ones we watched. Yeah, you're right. Like Santa, Santa? A proposal or a wedding? Love, actually. Did we get a proposal? Yeah, he proposes to that woman who he's never spoken a word of the I same language I forgot that whole to. plot line. <laughs> so fucking bad. Stop. Setting Send the small town. Let it snow. And gremlins. Yeah. It's snowing. Yeah. Title has the word Christmas in it. Mm. We don't have that. Mm. Someone from the city is a jerk. Probably love actually. And let it snow. His big yeah. agent lady. Someone struggles to travel over the holiday. Let it snow. Their train gets stopped. There is a big misunderstanding. <sighs> yeah, and Krampus. Remember at the end where he goes, oh shit, sorry, wrong house. <gasps> And then walks away. Or in Gremlins when they're like, oh, I thought you said not to give him them water after midnight. <laughs> Someone has a hidden identity. Um, I don't think we really have that. Yeah. Um, love interests meet by literally bumping into each other. I don't know. There's a made-up country with made-up royalty. We didn't do that. Building a snowman. Yeah, Jack Frost. then he's a dad. <laughs> Zero bingos. Nice. Go shit. I do love how many of those were only from, like, two movies, though. Or three. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, we only watched two or three straight-up Christmas movies. Yeah, but a lot of them were from Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> um, cocktail show. Yes. Sorry. I just started oh, reading. my God. No. I I thought that was the name of a movie, and I've been trying to figure out this <laughs> entire time. <laughs> no. Uh, also, something that we've been watching as a quick side thing has been this cocktail show on Netflix, because... We just like wanted to pick something and put it on and I was sad. So we started watching a fucking cocktail show, but I love it because I fucking, I love cooking and baking shows. So why wouldn't I also love a cocktail show? And it's like pretty fucking gay. Yeah. And cool. It's like really fucking cool. I've never learned the complexities of cocktail making and I'm having a great time. I also love the word cocktail. Can I? Okay. So this show, after watching so many like competition shows, that are based around skill, like a specific skill. I realize why I appreciate this show Glow Up so much. <gasps> Every episode. Yeah, we do just love competition shows based on skill is probably the more broad way to put it. Every episode has three parts. It has the warm-up exercise where you mostly just get critiques and maybe a slight boost in the, what is it called? The... Is Glow Up not? Oh, yeah, you're right. Go on. The main, whatever um, main challenge. The main challenge. Then you have the main challenge. And then you have your face off. And then you have your face off. So you see somebody's, like, you see three different things for a person. Like, you can really feel, like, I have an opinion of who should go home today. Versus some shows where it's literally just, like, they do one challenge and then they decide based off of that. I'm like, this isn't the same. This is unsatisfying. I'm not really sure which ones only have one challenge because I don't feel like mm, most of them don't only have one. Yeah. Like, even baking shows are usually two parts. Yeah. You know? And then, or cooking shows are usually, like, two parts. There's your warm-up thing. Maybe you get an advantage. Maybe you get immunity. And then you do your big boy, and that decides who's in the bottom. And then someone maybe just decides who goes home. Holy shit, it's the same as RuPaul's Drag Race. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, you have your warm-up thing, and then you have your main challenge. I would argue RuPaul's Drag Race has four sections. 
RuPaul's Drag Race, and that's why when drag queens talk about how fucking intense RuPaul's Drag Race is compared to other competition yeah. shows, but even just watching it, yeah, it fucking is, because they do four, sometimes five different things. Mm-hmm. Because it is your your warm-up mini challenge, which, like, as the series goes on, like, you know, it changes, it shifts. And then you have your main challenge, mm-hmm. which is, like, acting, singing, you know. Of course, we have Snatch Game. Like, it's it's a lot of different stuff, too. Like, it's a variety of things. Or, like, you have to make your look for the runway that night. But then it's never like, okay, then that's your look for the runway tonight. It's like, no, that was the main challenge. Then you need to have your other look. Yeah. Or sometimes you get three looks. Or you have to do someone else's makeover and then your own look. And then you get down to that last bit. And then you still have to lip sync for your life. After getting critiques on makeup outfit main challenge and whatever fucking else that may have encompassed and it is insane because sometimes it's like a talent show it's a runway it's a different runway and it's insane but yeah and the fact that that show covers such a wide variety of talents it's like who the fuck is good at all of those things all the time Mm mm-hmm that's why it's insane. And that's why you should fucking tip your drag queens and respect them and go to their shows and defend them with your fucking life. Yeah. They work so hard for, like, nothing. Anyway, it's a cocktail show. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've been watching that. The honorable mention. Last time on our episode from the end of October, we mentioned a few things that we wanted to watch potentially and that were going to be coming out. So I mentioned Cabinet of Curiosities because I was in the middle of it when we went to record that one. And then I did, of course, finish it right away. I was thinking about it. There's nothing queer in it. Yeah. And I was like, you gonna make that many episodes and no one's gay? Hate crime. And then, um, if you want, on my letterbox, I did rank all of the episodes. I will just say that my favorite was actually The Murmuring. So, you can go look at what the rest of my ranking was. Because, um, I did have a good time. Some of them I really didn't like, though. Then, uh, Wednesday has since come out. We have not watched it yet, but I am excited. Well, actually, she hasn't come out yet. Apparently, she's still straight in the show. Right, but we know. We can tell. I have mixed feelings about it. I don't care what you say. Okay. Neither of us have even watched it yet. How do you have opinions about it? No, I have mixed feelings about people wanting Wednesday to be gay. Because she is historically straight. Okay. I also just don't like Wednesday having a sexuality. I don't like any of the Adams families except for Morticia and Gomez to feel any sexuality at all. Yeah, I mean, I get not wanting, like, a kid to express sexuality in general. Yeah. But if her and her little roommate have little crushes on each other, that's cute. Yeah. Also, a st- she's historically straight so she needs to continue to be straight i guess she's at least bi in this so it doesn't being historically straight can still be bi also who the fuck cares if a character is historically straight um i do i don't yeah i don't either it just feels weird i don't know because she seems more like someone who would be asexual in my opinion yeah weird thing to say on your part then there was the show the watcher that we mentioned and we tried to watch it and we hated the script so much we turned it off There was like weird conservative undertones it was like really fucking weird it was so weird (laughs) i was uncomfortable and it wasn't funny and it didn't flow and i was like i'm leaving because i don't know how you're turning this real life story into a whole series yeah because it's really not that complicated yeah (laughs) 
And then I also mentioned the friendship game coming out. I have not looked into that any further, but it has come out. And then Don't Worry Darling came out. And we did, in fact, watch that. That's all you have to talk about there. Uh, Don't Worry Darling was the only movie I mentioned last time besides uh, The Menu that we did end up watching then. And uh, I had a really good time. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, Elsie was, like, refusing to watch it. And I was like, you can't just let everyone else's opinions dictate whether or not a new movie's good enough for you to watch when there are a lot of other things at play so much of the time. And, like, yeah, it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen. And I, I don't even know what to say about it because I, I love those kinds of movies. So I had a really good time and I was in a headspace where I was ready to have a good time with it. And um, I'll just fucking say it. Like, I thought it was kind of interesting. Parts of it didn't really make sense. I get that. But I don't know. I definitely don't think it should have been shit on the way that it was. And that was a little confusing. Although I think that's part of it. I was expecting like a pile of shit that made no sense. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get that fully. So I was like, oh, well, now this has exceeded expectations. So it's probably better than it would have been if I people hadn't been so adamant about how much they hated it. Yeah. Also, I just want to say people were talking about Harry Styles' accent. And like, no, he's not some wonderful actor. And he should probably stick to singing with his beautiful little voice. But like, his accent wavering, I would wager to say has to do with the plot. I don't think that not necessarily was, like, him fucking up acting. Yeah. Because he was fucking up an English accent. And he's English in real life. So I don't think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't want to say more than that in case you were going to watch it and haven't. Um, I would say at least, like, go in for a good time for funsies. Then things that have come out recently that we have not watched yet uh there's a movie bones and all have you heard about that no so that's one that i think's about cannibalism and i think it has timothy chalamet in it timothy chalamet that that porcelain man then the mean one you heard about that one it's a grinch horror right yeah i think i'm gonna have to watch that then we have violent night which has the man from stranger things in it heard it wasn't that good joe keery no no, the Hopper. Oh, okay. Had you heard about that? Yes. Do you want to watch it? I feel like it's probably going to end up being more of an action movie than a horror movie. That's a really valid point. Then there's a show that just came out on the 13th called Kindred that I just started seeing trailers for. Did you see anything about that? No. It's, um, I just, there was an ad for it up on the Google TV a little bit earlier today. It's basically, it was described oh. as like a time travel mystery thriller and, um... Those are three words. Well, time travel is two words, but you know what I'm saying. Those are four words that are good. Yeah. That will always pique my interest. And the trailer looked decent. So I think I want to watch it. Okay. Then then I, because I did some research, because I also want to talk about upcoming horror news as a, you know, a way to talk about what we're excited about in the future and what's coming out in case you hadn't heard there's a movie called The Lullaby Movie, and I saw, like, two trailers for it, but I was, like, actively researching movies, like, on the podcast Instagram, so I get a lot more trailers for horror movies on there, even, like, ones that aren't being seen. And 
It doesn't look good at all. It's from the director who did Annabelle, and it just came out on the 16th. But I want to show you the screenshot I took from the trailer because I accidentally took a screenshot at a really funny moment. Trigger warning. Okay. It's a baby. <laughs> I love that. You love that? Uh, well, no, I fucking hate it, but... You should be laughing at how funny it looks. Yes, that's what I that's what I'm saying I love. <laughs> I just it also went, upsets me. <laughs> anyway, I basically have some weird fucking zombie baby because she goes to look for her baby under the covers in the trailer and then the baby jump scares her and it looks really fucked up and I think it's funny when they use babies for horror just like in Twilight. Yeah. Well, I think this movie is supposed to be like, it's an old lullaby, but it's been changed to accidentally summon a spirit that will steal babies. <laughs> I don't know. I probably am not going to watch it because it doesn't look good. Oh, Lilith specifically. Oh. It calls on Lilith. Okay. Then we've got Megan, of course, which I mentioned last time. Still not coming out till January 6th, but we did get a new trailer. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know that it added much to it. I didn't really fully watch it because I don't like to watch some of the trailers we get closer to a release because I think more often than not, they tell me too much. Mm -hmm. So I really only like early teaser trailers and information because I don't like to go into a movie knowing much more than that personally. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to catch me watching the full fucking three minute trailer for a movie because I don't want to know that much of it. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Um, Does yes. it depend? I, I just need enough to catch the vibe, and then I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I need enough to be like, okay, that's my type of shit, probably, or I'm my interest is peaked, or whatever. So, Which segues into this movie that is coming out called Infinity Pool. Have you heard about it? I mean, no. No? No. Why'd you say I mean no? Because I did read the notes, so I know what it is, but... Okay, don't fucking read the notes! I'm sorry. We say this every time. Do you want the knuckle sandwich? Yes, knock me the fuck out. Please. Anyway, you hadn't heard about Infinity Pool. You haven't seen the trailer that's out? No. Okay, so I did watch the trailer. Um, <clears throat> part of the hype around this is that it's Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son of our original Cronenberg, who has done body horror movies for a very long time. So now he's doing his own thing. Such as The Fly is probably his most famous, right? I don't know if that's the most famous, but yes. Such as The Fly, which I still haven't seen. Infinity Pool will be released on January 27th, so that's somewhat soon. It is starring Alex Skarsgård, and uh, Mia Goth is also going to be in it, so that's what the bitches are excited. And uh, from what I could tell from the trailer, it's some shit where I guess he gets... In, he's in another country, he's like a famous writer, and when he's driving the one night he hits someone, and then they're like, oh, well, the penalty here for that is death. And then he's like fucking excuse me and then some shit happens where he's approached about how they can make a clone of him and then that can clone can be executed and then he can just go on his merry way but i guess shit derails it looks really funky because i first watched it without audio so i didn't know what was going on and i got scared because i thought it was gonna be weird tortury stuff but it's like his clones in this pool of goo and then he looks at him and then he wakes up and then it shows him like getting executed and then, but then these people show up in these funky, cool looking masks. And that's like all you really get so far. Mm. Like they're kind of like, the transformation isn't complete yet though. Or like some shit like that. So 
I don't know who else has heard about this one or is excited, but I, I'm going to be seeing this one. For uh, sure. I'm realizing more and more, like, I love descriptions of body horror. I love body horror animated. I don't like uh, live action body horror. I think it fucks with me too much. It depends. Mm-hmm. For me. Then I also saw some stuff about a movie that will be coming out on Shudder in January called Skinamarink. That's a fun name. Have you heard about this? No. I have a photo. We don't have Shudder. Someone please give us Shudder. So I don't know if we'll be seeing this, but it's basically some spooky nightmare stuff with children. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's like a viral horror film that has not yet been officially released. It was only released like at, I think, festivals and stuff or something. And like people knew about its existence, but it is only now actually going to get like a wide audience release. So, it says released in theaters January 13th, but then, like I said, it will also eventually stream on Shudder. So that's exciting for anyone who cares about that, but I guess it's like the kids wake up and all of a sudden they're like, aren't doors or windows and their parents are gone or something? Fuck. Yeah, so I think it's kind of interesting, but it's like very low budget too. I'm, I'm interested to see how that turns out. Then, um, there is the Last of Us television show that has been talked about for a while, finally getting released on January 15th on HBO Max. That, of course, stars Pedro Pascal, who is from The Mandalorian. And, um, you know, it's based off the video game The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this? Um. As our resident video game expert. Well, as you know, I have played The Last of Us only, like, a couple hours, though. And I know very little about it, actually. I know a lot more about The Last of Us Part 2. But from what I understand, it is an amazing story. And I am excited for it because it can be a zombie show done right because it's much more about... Well, I don't know what it's much more about. But it's not The Walking Dead. I'm excited to watch a zombie show that isn't The Walking Dead. (laughs) That's really valid. Who's playing Elle? This is the image I have. I don't know who that is. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we did start playing The Last of Us. I know that I would like to know the whole story. It has not yet been spoiled for me, so that's exciting. But we just keep not finishing the game. Because I'm not good about that. Wait, it hasn't been spoiled for you? No. Damn, I won't do it then. Yeah, don't. No, I don't know. Then, motherfuckers, we got our first Scream 6 teaser trailer. Did you watch it? Yeah. Twice. Is it good? It looks like it's Scream 6. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm excited because I don't fucking care. I'm so excited for us to enter our shitty bullshit era, this franchise. You know, it'd be great if we didn't ruin it, but then would it truly be a classic? <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, it makes it more genuine knowing that's going to get sequel upon sequel getting worse and worse. Which is exactly what it, like, talked about... Which is exactly what it's always talked about not doing, but now Russ Craven's dead, so who's going to stop them? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. But also, yeah, we, um, you know, we've got Jason Takes Manhattan or whatever. Is that what it's called? I think so. It's something like that. We've got Muppets Take Manhattan. We've got some dumb bullshit. Freddy vs. Jason. We've got a lot of fun stuff. And so, of course, Scream has to have a sixth film, and it's got to be in New York. Let's go. Yeah, the the teaser trailer takes place mostly on the subway. And our surviving cast from 5, if you've seen it, they are going to be making a return. And they have all moved to New York together, I guess. Or, I don't know. But 
Uh, it looks like it's taking place at like Halloween time, which is exciting. And that's why people are in costumes, but then some of them are in, in Ghostface costumes. And like, that's all we've really gotten from this. And then I also read that Sydney will not be back, which I'm glad. Yeah. I don't want Sydney back. I think she's done. I think if you're going to keep going with it, we need to cut it off from the original. And I would prefer that personally. Uh, they did try to get her back, though, which I think is stupid. But she said that uh, she's brought too much to the table for this franchise and she needs to be paid more money if she were going to come back. Yeah. And I think that's valid. I'm kind of glad she just said no and they didn't offer her enough money because I don't think I think her character needs to rest. They yeah. are going to bring Courtney Cox back, which I think at least makes more sense. Because that bitch would never let a goddamn thing rest in her life as long as she's still kicking. And uh, you want to know who else we're getting? Which was rumored and apparently is happening. Oh. Kirby. Oh, wow. They He's are... still alive? Who's he? Wait, who's Kirby? Oh, my God. We fucking talked about this. I told right. you it was rumored that we were getting Kirby back. I was thinking that was the sheriff from the first one. Uh, no, Kirby is fucking what's her name? The woman with the name Pan- Panera Bread. Hayden Panettiere's character, Kirby, from Scream 4, will apparently be making a return with her character, which I'm very fucking excited about because Kirby's a fan favorite. And this is the first time that we are going to get someone who was presumably killed back, which I think opens up the possibility of some other fan favorites making a return. I can't do this again. <laughs> I can't go through this no, again. No, I don't think he's going to be in this one. I okay. just think Kirby being in this one opens up the possibility of us getting a Stumacher, like, locked in a jail cell. No one's mentioned that he lived for some reason. Like, or he's on the run, and then they're like, oh my god, you're still alive. We'll see. We'll see. These are the things I hope for. Is it necessarily? Is it necessary? Do I think Matthew Lillard will do it? I'm not sure. But you know what Matthew Lillard is going to be in? Also, we do have a date for Scream, uh, which is going to be March 10th of next year. That's really soon. Yeah, it fucking is, and I'm so excited. So, you know, I guess we're only getting a year between them now, too. Speaking of Matthew Lillard, we got some more news, which if this man is doing this film that I'm about to talk about, then I think he can get his ass in there for Scream if they invite him back. Because uh, if y'all know about FNAF, which is the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, where we've got uh, classics such as Freddy Fazbear saying, uh, Vanessa, I'm too dummy thick and I keep learning Claptrap. <laughs> Some shit like that, whatever. But um, I, fun fact, which is embarrassing, but whatever. I love FNAF to an extent. I'm not, it, it's gotten too out of hand for me to still give a fuck, but... When I started finding out that there was actual lore behind the games by about game three, I started to watch all of the game theory videos on it and so on and so forth. Watch, I've watched the Markiplier playthroughs, you know. I've been around the block when it comes to FNAF. Did you hear about how his nudes were leaked? Markiplier? Yes. He did a... Th <laughs> what? What was that face? It's just that I want to look them up, but I won't because that's, a, that's not... That's not good. Um... Oh, no. They were leaked from his OnlyFans. Because he said if he got a certain amount of subscribers, he would make an OnlyFans. And he put nudes on it? Apparently. So he consented to his nudity being on the internet. Yes. Then I might have to have a peek. <laughs> um, Jude told me about this when I was driving them home from Gizmo's birthday party. I just forgot. 
It was a thing until you said Markiplier's name. That's wild. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're doing a FNAF movie, though, if you didn't know. And with that news, I found out a while ago, which I might have already mentioned, Jim Henson's Creature Workshop is going to work on the fucking animatronics along with, like, Blumhouse. It's going to be a Blumhouse movie. So, like, that's fucking promising. And I'm excited. And now they have announced that Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutcherson are going to be in this fucking cast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting to see a trailer because, like, there in my mind, there's still such a huge chance of this being just a bad fucking movie. I don't know, but they're really fucking going for it, though, and no one expected it. And so I'm very interested to see what we've got going on here, personally. So uh, if you care, cool, because that shit's exciting. Then we also got, I saw a trailer for a movie called 65, which has Adam Driver starring in it. That's a sci-fi thriller, but it's by the writers of The Quiet Place. Hmm. I guess it's not exactly horror, but it's being produced by Sam Raimi. So I was like, is this horror? It's at least very horror adjacent. But it's like some sci-fi thing. Uh, But it's like prehistoric. So there's like dinosaurs. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know if I'm going to care about that when I see more of it. But it's also going to be released the same day as Scream, which is March 10th of next year. Then, uh, last piece of news is that there is a new movie by Ari Aster, who, of course, did Midsommar and Hereditary, and it is called, it has now been, uh, renamed from, I forget, something Boulevard, to, uh, Bew is Afraid. Bo? Bo? Is that how you saw that? That's, yeah. Oh, Bo is Afraid, which is going to star Joaquin Phoenix. Apparently, there is a short Ari Aster did from 2011 that also deals with a character named Bo, or it's like it's called Bo or something like that. So they're thinking that maybe some of the inspiration is from that. But we literally just got the first poster, and people are bullying them for it. And we're not sure that it's going to be a horror. Interesting. This is the poster. I have feelings. Yeah, a lot of people were like, what in the fucking Polar Express is this? They were like, is the whole movie going to be the weird Uncanny Valley CGI shit? I I mean, that'd be interesting. I don't think anyone wants that. What are your comments? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just the Uncanny Valley of it. I kind of like it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was originally called Disappointment Boulevard, but now it's been renamed. But I, I generally like Uncanny Valley stuff. I think it's fun. Well, it says it's described as an intimate decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time and could potentially be over three hours long. I am no longer interested. Um, I fucking hate when people will suck director dick so hard that they'll sit through something like that. Because odds are most movies cannot be that long and still coherent and paced well and good, in my fucking opinion. I think they can't be that and be entertaining. I think they can be good, though. I don't know. Okay. And uh, I don't personally think that Hereditary or Midsommar are the incredible masterpieces that everyone make them out to be, which maybe I need to rewatch them. I've only seen both one time. Midsommar was at least like aesthetically really incredible and I have fallen in love with Florence Pugh, so like I get it for that at least. 
But that's all the upcoming news I have. And then I just wanted a special mention, which I already said, Glass Onion. That'll be out on the 23rd, so I'm really excited. I'm not going to be able to talk about it on this episode, but it's also not horror. I'm just excited. And then we also got our trailer for Spider-Verse, which will be out in June. The new Spider-Verse. And we've got our Spider-Punk, and we've got... (laughs) Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm Uh just going to go off about it a little bit. People are, of course, mad because that's what happens when comic book trailers get released. Spider-Woman in this is Jessica Drew, which is the classic Spider-Woman, except uh, now she's a black woman. And people are mad that she's being called Jessica Drew when the first Spider-Woman was a black woman named Veronica. And people are like, well, why'd you call her Jessica Drew then if it's just Veronica? And they haven't really addressed it yet, but there's a lot of controversy behind it. So that's a fun part. But I'm excited for Spider Punk. Also, she has a sick she has a sick ass motorcycle, and I've always loved Spider Woman's costume. It's very fucking good. Yeah, I'm excited. That first one goes so fucking crazy. If you haven't seen it, highly fucking recommend. That animation is so fucking cool. And our sad boy Peter B. Parker is back. Yes, and I'm just really excited. I love multiverse bullshit, especially when it's done. In well. a good way. <laughs> and, and in an interesting, fun, exciting way. Yeah. So, did you have something you wanted to talk about? What was your upcoming things that you're excited for? Uh, that only, you have news about? I only have the one, which is Scorn, which is a body horror uh, puzzle game. Oh. When I've, does that come out? I don't know yet. <laughs> it says release date in the trailer. Yeah. I've only seen clips of it. I haven't actually watched the trailer. But... Like, you use guns that are just made out of flesh and meat and shit like that. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. It's not a puzzle game. It's an action game. I forgot about that. <laughs> Why'd you call it a puzzle game? It's a teaser trailer. Oh. Okay. Scorn. Which I think was a game before as well. It's already out. Oh, fun. What? Wait, is like... <laughs> Thank you for the news of this game that came out two months ago. You're welcome. <laughs> Had an October release, apparently. You, Looks wild, though. You asked me to bring a horror game, and that was the only one I could think of that you probably didn't know about. Well, obviously, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that looked really fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. But it gave me alien vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to pose a question to you. Hmm. Is Home Alone a horror movie? No, but have you seen the edited trailer that makes it look like a horror movie? They do that with a lot of stuff, but no, I have not. Uh, Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire were like the first two big ones that it happened with. <laughs> I bet they were done really well. Yeah. No, I've that seen- That must be part of the joke. I just like, I keep seeing people, like the people I follow who do horror content talking about like the watch lists for Christmas movies, but from the horror perspective. And I just thought it was really funny that they all kept including Home Alone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? That kid was left all alone and then had to literally fight off attackers and grown men breaking into his house. Yeah. And I'm like, shit is a horror movie. Yeah. That shit's scary. Yeah. And then in fucking Better Watch Out, one of them was like, let's see if that paint bucket thing would work that he does to the one character, but then it actually just explodes the person's head. Yeah. You don't see it, but you see paint and blood everywhere. Ketchup and mustard. It, it does look like ketchup and mustard. I just thought it was really, really funny. Because then people were like, why'd you put Home Alone on, on there? And I'm like, I get it. 
Like, I thought about it for two seconds, and I get it. The versions I've seen where people talk about it, um, Kevin McAllister is depicted as kind of the villain. Yeah. And he's torturing these people. Yeah. No, which is also very funny because of the type of shit he does to them. Like, of course, like, would have killed them. Yes. And, like, beaten the shit out of them as they're, like, trying to then flee. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, traps them. It's like the collector. <laughs> And then I just wanted to say, like, uh, we're coming to the end of the year now. So, like, what do you hope for when it comes to movies, especially horror or queer content in the next year? I would love... Oh, I saw this thing where... Fuck, what's the name of that website that, like, they do iconic movie posters? Like, they redo them and everybody likes them a lot. It's like M something, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they, I saw somebody was doing a TikTok campaign and they got noticed by the movie poster website and the artist they wanted to team up with them to do it where they're like, Hey, can we maybe get like a better poster of Jennifer's body that actually represents like what the movie is like? I might have seen that. Yeah. Cause it's like the poster is so terrible at showing what the movie is about. Absolutely. And so I'm excited to see that poster and I would like to see a tragic sapphic vampire movie really yes Hmm. i want my heart ripped in half i want friends to lovers to star-crossed victims okay oh i forgot to mention that knock at the cabin will be coming out as well in the next year Hmm. which was stupid of me because that's actually very blatantly a queer horror movie that will be coming out and that we have had images and trailers for yeah my bad I don't have a date for that. Um, uh, someone we know is in it, though. Yes. As a as an extra. Yes. And Oh, and I read the book. If I went on to talk about my horror books as well, this we'd be here forever. But I did read the book Knock at the Cabin in preparation for the fact that that will be coming out. I did not love the book. I was kind of... I get it, but I was kind of pissed off about the ending. And, um, you know, it's. I think it's really, really hard to work in a space of brutalizing queer people in a horror while still giving them agency and having them be people instead of queers to beat up. Yeah. Because of the shit that is even just has happened in history, but is currently happening within our communities. Yeah. Now I understand it's a fine line to walk to do it correctly, but wow. Please don't pull some they slash them bullshit (laughs) where it's not even a horror movie. I don't feel any danger towards any of the likable characters ever. That movie was just a wreck. Yeah. The fact that they Vogue in the cabin. Oh my God. (laughs) And they sing. I was, it was like a pink song. It's not even gay. And I, I don't know. I was describing that to someone and it was really funny. Yeah. Because it's just so stupid. But, whatever. I am interested to see what they do with Knock at the Cabin. Or, uh, the books, The Cabin at the End of the World. But, uh, there's like a lot of internal monologue stuff too. So, I'm just, I'm interested to see how they go about it. And like, to what level they take it. But it's definitely more of just like, made me sad. Mm. (laughs) It's more of like, makes you very sad. And that can also be difficult. So, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But uh, for me, in the next year, um, I'm interested to see what that movie has and what some of the other ones I mentioned have. I'm interested to see where we're going with the Scream franchise. And 
I would like more proper queer representation in horror. Who wouldn't? You know. Which we can definitely do, I think. But I also would love to see more shit that's like Jennifer's body. Yes. Or like, I don't know, stuff that's written that way. Yeah, no, when I said (laughs) tragic sapphic vampire movie, that's very much the vibe Jennifer's body gives. To some extent, I would say so. I just, I do really love that one. And I'd love to see, and that's very gay in itself. And I, I had had something to say. I'd like more mind fucky-wucky mystery garbage because it's my favorite. I want something to really just be like, here, it's artsy, but it's not too artsy, and we're also having a good time, and also, wow, what a ride. Like, that's all I ever want, really. I love a horror that can walk the line of dark comedy well. Mm, like The menu. Yeah, like the menu. And the lighthouse kind of does in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, those kinds of, like, artsy movies. Um, I know some people probably think those are too artsy, but um, bite me. Oh, I I want more like original horror. I want more original stories. Um, you know, don't don't we all? There's a lot to be said about horror franchises and and what they do to the genre sometimes and, and how they derail things so heavily. But this past year was incredible for horror. When you when you really look at it, like we got we ate. Huh. We were fed. Okay. X and Pearl came out this year, and a lot of people take that as a win on its own. Uh, we got we got our Scream Five this year. We like we got we got Nope. We got, we got more than one Jordan Peele movie because we also got Wendell and Wendell Wild. And, Wild. and uh, I I can't even because I didn't I didn't look through a recap or anything, but I know that we were well fed, and uh, so I'm really interested to see where we go from here for the next year because I hope to continue to just get some fucking bangers, and. Of course, like original horror or even even book adaptations, I think can be all like really good, especially if you decide to take liberties to make it like really something excellent. Mm-hmm. But the original horror has definitely made a lot of people very, very happy. And it's definitely exciting. <laughs> yeah, just doing like a quick search for best horror movies on according to the Rotten Tomatoes ratings of the year. We have X, like I said, up pretty high. Prey came out. A lot of people really liked that. I know we didn't see it. Mad God finally came out. We got Barbarian, which was pretty fucking wild. Oh, yeah. I forgot that Barbarian, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I'm reading. Okay. Like I said, Pearl, The Menu. Yeah, Bodies, 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 Terrifier 2, Black Phone, Bones and All, Nope, Crimes of the Future, Smile, Scream, VHS 99, they're doing, they did another one right away, or they're about to. Men was this year, the new Hellraiser this year. Not that those are necessarily ones that people liked, but just out of, like, what I was aware of, there was a lot. We got a new Halloween, they slashed them. Uma, the new Texas Chainsaw. They slashed them was this year? Yeah. Shit, time's weird. I know. Okay, yeah, I believe you. We did eat. (laughs) There was a lot. So, yeah, hopeful for the horror this next year. This has been a really fun year, I think, for the genre. And I'm excited to see what we're going to be getting past fucking March. Because, I mean, we've already got several that I'm looking forward to leading up. Mm -hmm. So, for next week, we have decided that we are going to do Happy Death Day. 
because, um, you know, it has to do with some time fuckery, if you weren't aware. So... And also, I kind of just wanted something lighthearted and fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. You can find us on Instagram at QueerfulFearsPod, letterbox.sid619 to look at our watch lists and see what we've done episodes on. And please rate, like, and comment on wherever you are listening to us or, you know, follow us wherever. Until then, this has been Queerful Fears with your hosts, Sydney and Elsie. Say goodbye to your fears and hello to your queers. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Goodbye, Bye, queers. queers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>